Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today on Power Your Life, and I'm Dr. Joanne White, and it's always a pleasure to be here. In spite of what's going on all around us, hold on to that inner shine and that inner beauty that is truly you, and that's so important these days because we could get turned around by everything that's going on, and you really need to trust your inner source for truth love, and inner peace. And we're going to talk with someone very special today, and her name is Simone Jennifer Smith, who is the founder of Here to Help. She's a chief reporter, operations manager at the Toronto Caribbean newspaper, a mental health advocate, a psychoeducationalist, as well as a talk show host, and so much more. With 10-plus years of experience in the mental health field, Simone solves problems by abstract analysis and quickly reaches practical solutions through direct action. She takes initiative to solve problems and has a knack for anticipating and adjusting to changes effectively, which we need now. She creates content to help the community and business owners like you and me and has made it her goal that every connection, event, and situation is mutually beneficial for all those involved. Simone is actively involved in helping others reach their milestones. Yes. Hello, Simone. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Even in this crazy time. So it's important to have you here. And let's Thank start you. with great. Let's start a little bit with your story. How did you come you. to found here to help and and why is that important? So, actually, thank you. Well, first of all, before we go any further, yes, in this crazy time, I'm so grateful that I have a chance to share my work. I, I really hope that the listeners today do find something inspiring from it, even if it's a trigger, an idea, an invention, whatever the case might be. For me, my story comes from just being part of something and realizing that more needed to be done. Uh, I had just graduated with my master's from the Humanistic and Clinical School of Psychology in Michigan, and I returned home because things were a little bit tough in in Michigan that time. It was around 2008, 2009, and I think there might have been a little bit of a recession, so there was not a lot to do where I was living, and I was like, you know what, let me go back to Toronto, Ontario, Canada, where I'm from, and see what I can utilize especially all the work that I've been doing. I've been in school for 10 years straight on and off. So 
So I wanted to take a little bit of a break and actually put some of the work that I've learned, everything that I've gained, all the knowledge into action in the community. So it started off as me just tutoring in a um, family's home. I joined this organization, and they were working in a lot of the um, African Caribbean communities in Toronto. And I got involved. And to be honest with you, while I was there, I was not very impressed with, <laughs> with how the organization was handling the communities, especially the communities that I was involved in. So I said to myself, you know what, Simone, what can you do to amplify this service? So that's what I did. That's how kind of Here to Help came to be is I took the idea of education and I merged it with psychology and started to do psychoeducation. So I began to work with families not only on basic subjects like English, math, science, that's from kindergarten to grade 12 or 13 here in Toronto, um, and, of course, college university. Uh, I also would help them with just understanding the fact that, you know what, uh, we all have special challenges, we all have special abilities, and where one person can learn things a certain way, another person can't. Unfortunately, in a school-like setting, you don't get that chance to really experience that. Everyone's kind of taught the same way, and unfortunately, some people get left behind. So I work with those people who sometimes get left behind, and what I discovered was that they had another way of learning. And if I could teach them the way that they could learn, they could grasp any information that was presented to them. That's kind of the start of Here to Help. You know, I think that's so important because um, I also have a background in education, and you're right, people learn differently. Even I had to get adjusted to the way I learned because it was not what's presumably the so-called way of learning. And it is very important to recognize that we, if we have to go by one particular model for learning, there are many people that can't do it, that fail, and it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with them. It means that there's something wrong with the system that isn't accommodating the different ways and the different forms of learning. So can you tell our listeners what is psychoeducation? So what it is 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 helping, and the very standard of it for myself is helping people understand their psychology utilizing education. So I don't, when I'm speaking with people, and let's just say I realize that one of my students may, they may be autistic. So one of the things I will do with a family, if I notice this, is I will educate the family on what autism is, give them a chance to explore the idea of what it is, because sometimes when families come to me, there's that concern that something's not right. And it's even with that, I don't like to say that. Sometimes there's something not right. Again, it's just your child is experiencing the world a little bit different than we are. So we have to find a way to accommodate the way that they learn so that they're able to function. And that's how I describe psychoeducation, is just letting people understand their own psychology, the psychology of their, their family dynamics, um, People always think that, you know, like when I walk into some people's homes, they'll be like, you know, sometimes the standard things are, my child's lazy. But then when I'm in the family a little bit, I start to observe the patterns, and I'm like, well, parents, sorry to be the bearer of bad news. A lot of these habits that your children have come from you, and we we need to work on the whole family in order to get your child to where you want them to be. Those emotions, you have to sometimes deal with egos. Um... 
with me, because I, I'm understanding of people in general, it's not hard for me to navigate um, their, their existence, how they think, their beliefs, their perceptions. All of that makes up psychoeducation. I don't know if that was clear. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> no, it it is, and I also have have worked and taught children with special needs and work with their families, and still do to some extent. And it's so interesting to to understand because I think this is so important. What you said is to be able to really look at how somebody is learning. And also, like you said, within the context of the family and even within the context of the learning or the school, educational environment, whatever it is, because it it can affect how somebody's learning, whether or not they are learning or whether they're even interested in learning and that there's so many dynamics that are involved in that. So I think that work that you're doing is so very, very important. Now, what are you seeing when you when you uh, no, are you going into homes? You said, what are you seeing when well, you finally get families coming together and and working with with their the so called differences that that people have and different learning styles and learning strategies? What I'm seeing, first of all, well, now this is the thing, and this is the unfortunate part of this COVID um, crisis, is I've lost the ability to have that more direct interaction with the families. Now, getting used to this digital um, way of working mm. with people has been an adjustment, and I think that's probably been the toughest thing with this whole thing. When I was going into the homes, one thing I did identify right away is the fact that a lot of people have no idea on how to function just within themselves in this world. And a lot of these people are um, new, new immigrants to the country. So they're dealing with different issues like they're dealing with just trying to get used to being in a different climate in a different environment with a different culture it's 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 a lot there's a lot of different things going on so sometimes things like education will get burner and it's natural because again we're dealing with all these other changes that they're dealing with so sometimes it's just simply helping people understand that they need to find balance because it's hard that's easier said than done Right? When you're trying to balance emotions, when you're trying to worry about putting food on your children's table, when you're worrying about finding yourself even a job and keeping a job, um, sometimes the education factor will get the backseat. And that's been one thing I've noticed now more than ever is a lot of the families I work with, their children did not do very well in school this year because parents were worried about just keeping food on the table. That's, that was sometimes for them number one, which meant they would be out working for hours and all these, the teachers, everything's online now. All education's online now. And a lot of the students, honestly, like realistically, we can't put too much on them because they're not motivated unless we push them. They don't know how to learn. We have to teach children how to learn. And if they don't have that in the homes, you're finding a lot of families who are, I'm seeing R's and incomplete on their report card this year. And it's, 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 I can see that it hurts them, but it's like I make them understand that, listen, these are changing times. You did the best you could, but now we have to now make those adjustments so that come September, it looks like we're locking back down again, and you do this again, we can do it better, and that you're getting out something out of this because it's going to be like this for a while, unfortunately. You know, I I agree, and I and I've also heard and witnessed a lot from the frustration of families and parents, and because many have had to 
help with the online education and recognizing, well, you know, I don't know math. I don't. And, yeah. and, and a lot of that has been on the parents. And as you say, not only that, but also the stress of, of working and, and of COVID and putting food on the table and, and kind mm. of just managing and dealing with so many different kinds of things all at once. So that sometimes, education slips and i think it's important to recognize that like you said this is a this is a unique time and we have to be able to be gentle with ourselves as well as as also move forward because it's brand new in so many ways to us and there's so much in adjustment not just individually but also as families and also as communities and 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 also as, as globally so that's essential. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you talk you have some talk and and some of the, your work has to do with with trauma and how did that come about and how does that fit into the psychoeducational model? So for me one one of the really I think it's one of the things that I think my experience has brought me is an understanding. This is where my understanding of people and why I even got into psychology at such a young age. I knew at the age of 16 that I wanted to be in um, a field that helped me understand the mind. And the reason for that is that I watched my grandma. My grandma suffered with schizophrenia and she also had Alzheimer's disease. So it was very, at a very young age, actually, I was just where I'm doing my work today. I drove by the hospital and I, I was pointing out to my partner. And I was like, I remember going there with my grandma when she used to get shock treatment. And this is, mm-hmm. this is years ago when they were doing that whole shock treatment thing. Like, I remember it clearly. And that was very traumatic for me to witness it because my grandma had always, I'd always seen her as a strong very strong woman. We're, we, I'm a Jamaican, and my, my grandma came here years before us, and she she made a way for us, and she worked very hard, and to see, and difficult to see someone who was so strong lose themselves in front of you. Um, I'll never forget the day where I realized that something was seriously wrong with my grandmother, and I tried to make sense of it. She had told us, she called for me and my brother to come help her because there was a bird in our house. And um, when, at first we were like, okay, maybe there is a bird there because the way our house was, we had a fireplace and sometimes they would build a nest and birds would fall in. So we're like, oh, that happened again. We'll go handle it. But then she started to describe the bird and we knew right away there's absolutely nowhere. She said it was like really big and was white and had a lot of colors on the, on the tail. And me and my brother are like, um something's not right. So we called my parents right away. And that alone, because just seeing the way my dad was, was traumatized from, because it was my dad's mother and to see like the, the, the pain that he felt to see his mother, he knew something wasn't right. And we had to face mental health dead in the face. We couldn't run from it. We couldn't ignore it because it was happening to us. We were watching it. That was my very first introduction to the world of psychology. And at the age of 16, I remember turning to my mom and saying, mom, I'm going to school for psychology. That's what I'm going to university for because I said it. If I'm going to go crazy, Mom, this is a 16-year-old. <laughs> if I'm going to lose my mind, I want to know I'm losing my mind. I don't want it to happen <laughs> to me, 
and me not be aware of what is going on. But to be honest with you, it's been very helpful because it's helped me identify things in my life that otherwise, when I've had to deal with mental health challenges, I knew right away what was going on because I could identify it. And then I could, of course, help myself, whether it was going to speak to a therapist, whether it was doing things that I know could help me deal with certain aspects of my life, I I could take charge. And this is why, for me, helping people understand their trauma is so important. Um, Another traumatic event for me is I was introduced to sex at a very young age. I was only eight or nine years old. I know now that it was very young, too young for someone to be introduced to that. And that has caused problems in my life. That has caused addictions. Again, more mental health things that if I didn't have a firm grasp of who I was, it would have destroyed me. There's been times that it has destroyed me, and I've had to come back from that trauma. So helping other people understand themselves and understand their experiences and understanding their trauma, I think is one of the most beneficial things anyone could do in this world because we have a lot of people walking around who are dealing with a lot of children trauma. I call them grown-up children because they dealt with nothing in their lives, and now they've grown up. They're still walking around with their pain. They've had children. So they've moved that pain onto their children. Now it's transgenerational trauma, and it just keeps moving down the line, and it's terrible to see because, as you can see in our world right now, things are falling apart. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. So if we can't even control ourselves, how is that going to help this world clean up? It's impossible. It's, it's, it's scary. This is why trauma is so important to me and helping people understand it. You know, I, I I could identify with a lot of that, too. Um, my father had post-traumatic stress from being in the war. We didn't know what that was, except that his behavior sometimes would go from kind and loving to explosive. And, and for me, I was little at the time, really scary. And as a family, you don't know, unless you really, you don't know how to deal with it. We didn't talk about it. We, we, I mean, I didn't understand or learn about it till much, much later growing up. And I think that's so important for people, too, because we have to, we, it could be scary. It could be difficult. It could be, like, indescribable in so many ways. And yet, like you said, you have to be able to, to, get a grip to understand what's going on and to be able to handle whatever's happening, not only individually, but but within the family dynamic, and that is so critical. Yeah. And I just want to tell you one thing. My mother also had dementia, and I remember one day calling her up and saying, Mom, do you know what day it is? Is it Monday? No, it's not Monday, but that's not it. It's Tuesday. Mom, do you know what day it is? And it was my birthday, <laughs> she had no... Oh, wow, yeah. And that's, you know, she had no memory, no recollection of it. And it's sad, not only for the person who's going through it, because on some level they do understand that something's not right, something's right. off, yes. but not yes. able to totally grasp it. And then for the other people yes. who who are around there and experiencing it. So I think the work that you're doing is so important. Our mental health contributes to our overall health. You can't separate it. It's it's such a vital part of us. Important, very important. People don't understand how important it is, and they ignore it. And I'm like, 
the worst thing you could do is ignore what's happening with your mental because your brain, it controls everything. Um, that's how sometimes I tell people sometimes, you know, the sicknesses that you're feeling, those aches and pains, a lot of that's mental. It's, 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 it's been, it's, yes, you're feeling it and it's existing, but even that is mental, right? Like the feelings that you're feeling, it all comes from a source. So it's very important that we understand who we are, why we're feeling what we're feeling. And if we don't, well, then we need to start searching for answers. And if I can help push someone, I don't have all the answers. There's no way I could have all the answers because I can't know anybody's life and all their experiences in entirety. But I can at least help you realize that, you know what, if you're feeling this pain and you want the pain to stop, you want the feeling of whatever you're feeling to stop, you have the power to make that stop. You have the power to take control over your life, but you've got to want to do it. And you have to know it's a lot. It's not easy living. I tell people living is not easy. (laughs) (laughs) You know. It is not. I know. I, I totally agree with you. So give us some, our listeners, some specific ways that you actually help people in business and and you work with them through more, I guess, some analysis or whatever. How does that work and and how can that benefit our listeners right now? Well, I think the one thing that I really help people understand is content right now, because we are going into a digital world, Content is king. It's very important that I, I, I stress that to people. Your, what, what people see, the content they see is how they're going to judge you now because that's all they can see. Even if it's through video, if it's on Instagram, it doesn't matter what social media platform. For all businesses right now, we have to go digital. There has to be at least a digital um, component to your business. So how I help business is mostly with content because I'm a writer. That's what I do. Um, that's my nine-to-five. That's I guess I wouldn't even call it nine-to-five because to me it's not. I write all the time. I'm writing. I'm always writing. When I get off the phone, I'll probably be writing something. I enjoy writing, so I enjoy creating content. It's something that we need. It's something that will outlast many of us. And for some of us, it becomes our legacy. Um, that, that's that's been seen like that's why we have books in the libraries that's why we have famous writers that we all look up to it's the idea of having that content so with businesses I really help them I help them figure out their vision for what they want for their company I work with an organization that builds websites so um, when they get clients first thing she'll do is she'll pass them on to me and she'll go okay Simone you may need to just work with them and help them find find their voice that's why I think my number one thing is helping people find their voice uh, they sometimes don't know their voice. You know, they're so busy wearing every other hat when it comes down to <laughs> making a website and, you know, following up on your social media, which is important. You know, you don't have to do it every day, but it's something that has to be done. Um, they don't know what to do, right? And and they need that support. So that's where I support people more. It's just building their, building their content. I wouldn't necessarily say brand. I don't want to see myself as a branding expert. No, I handle their voice. I handle how the social media world sees you. I handle how people, when they go on their website and say, okay, what's this company about, that they can read it and it's nice and clear. It's not convoluted. It's not all over the place. It needs to be clear so that they know, okay, this is a service I want, or nope, this service is not for me. So how do you know when somebody reaches a milestone and how do you help them to get there? So 
milestones. So one of the first things I do with my clients is I really want to find out from them, again, goal setting. What do you want? Like, it's okay to say you want to start a business. Everyone can start a business. It's keeping that business going. (laughs) That's always the problem. (laughs) Starting anything is fine. You can start anything. Anyone can start something for two days. Come that third day, it starts to get a little bit harder. Come that fourth week, it's even harder. And then when you don't see things going your way, that's the part where I come in and I'm like, okay, so before you give up, what strategies have you tried other than what you're doing? Because some people get stuck. So I help people get unstuck in that sense. So I have to help them set their goals. Okay, so um, a good example is a young lady right now who's starting a, um, a box. So it's a beauty box that she's, she's starting that's focused on the African-Caribbean community. So um, using products that we, we would use. So the first thing we, I said to her is, okay, what do you want to start to do? She's like, well, I don't know. All right, well, have you uh, – uh, yes, I have. Okay, have you reached out to vendors? Well, I don't know how. All right, let's structure an email for you. So at least you can start reaching out to vendors and seeing if you can get them to, to join on to this idea that you have. So that's step one. So I'll say to her, listen, by next week Tuesday, I'm going to check in with you, and I'm going to see how far you've gotten with this part of the project because – it's always baby steps. You can't build anything. Rome wasn't built in a day. It's a cliche saying, but it's true. You have to do things step by step. And if you do things step by step, yes, it takes time, but eventually you'll get to that final goal, which can be whatever it is. Whatever you set your goal to be, you will get there, but we need to make these little mini goals because mini goals are easier to meet than those larger goals. If you try to meet that large goal, I almost promise you, if you're not truly super, super motivated, you won't get there. <laughs> oh, you know, I totally that. agree. I remember when I was going for my Ph.D. and I made a list of everything I had to do <laughs> to to be able to, to achieve that and to write a dissertation and do the research and blah, 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 blah. And I must have had about a hundred and something points that needed to be taken care of on the list. And initially I looked at it and thought, no way. (laughs) How do I do that? And you're right, you get so overwhelmed. But breaking it down into those little steps, and for me it was being able to check off five steps, ten steps, whatever it was, got me to the end. So it's so important to be able, yes, see the big picture like you're saying, but also go through those little steps, conquer them, move forward with them, feel good about them, and oh. and go onward. So that that's so important to learn. Yes. And, again, it's all a learning process because when we're starting a business, we're learning having a business. We don't walk into it being Fortune 500 companies. Like, if you're lucky to be born into a, into a company, that's one thing because you almost – see that that's almost like your every day you see your mom or dad you know running a business it, it becomes almost commonplace for you but not all of us are born into an entrepreneurial family so you have to learn you've got to learn how to do these things you've got to learn things like listen you can't wear every hat it's impossible you have to learn how to delegate tasks right that's something that comes a little bit later but when we first start we always think we can handle everything yes we can do this. <laughs> Yes, I can do this. Oh, yeah, we have to do this. But then nothing gets done because you're trying to do everything, right? So it's just it's a learning process, and, and that's what I like to help people do. Again, everything, even 
um, clients, it's all about learning, helping people know, again, that I'm here to help. I'm here to help you with whatever you need, when you need to do at that moment. It could be just, again, setting those simple goals. I'll help you do that. It could be an email. I'll help you do that. It could be content for your website. I'll help you do <laughs> And if I can't help you, I'm going to find someone in my network that could possibly help you. So it's, it's definitely a community thing. And and the important piece of it is here, not just being present, but really in your business, really listening and discovering. Yes. And that's why here is H-E-A-R, to be able to really listen to the needs of of the people that you're working with, the community, the individuals, the families, so that you can help them. And sometimes they may not even know, like you said earlier, what they need, but helping them define that and see that and grow with that is so essential. What kind of tips what kind of tips can you give our listeners today? Mental health is, is, is very powerful, as we talked about, and because of what we're all going through, there are lots of emotions that are kind of out of control and all over the place, like you said earlier, fear and, and worry and, and feeling lack of control over our lives in many, many ways. What what are some strategies or some, some supports that you can talk to us about that can help us through? So one thing that I'm going to stress that is extremely important, it's probably the number one thing that will help with mental health, is physical activity. And I say this right now, even with COVID happening, even with social distancing happening, especially with social distancing happening, getting up, and even just taking a walk for 30 minutes makes a huge difference. And a lot of people are like, I don't have the time. If you're worried about how you're feeling, make the time. Make the time for your well-being. It's one thing to make the time, because we can make the time to do other things. We, this whole excuse of I don't have enough time, there are 24 hours in the day, and you can use every single one of those hours effectively. If you take out eight of them for sleeping, most of us don't. I get like six or five. So I have like <laughs> I have like 18 hours that I get to work with. But in those 18 hours, what can you do for yourself? Not your children, not your husband if you have one, not your wife if you have one, that you are good for them. Very, very important. I think, I think the number one thing, the easiest thing to do is just taking that time to get up and walk. If you're at work working nine to five and you're in a job, it's okay on your lunch. Instead of just sitting at the computer with your lunch, get up. Go outside. In the winter, it's harder to do. In the summer, it's the best thing to do. Get some vitamin D in you. It's very important. That stuff is great for your immune system, and we can get it naturally without even having to take pills in the summertime. So it's these little small things that help with your mind. Um, when I was taking my master's program, one of my professors told me that the best time to walk, especially if you're dealing with any type of depression, is between 6 and 9 a.m. Uh, the reason for that is if anyone does get up really early, I'm a 5 a.m.er. I get up bright and early every morning. That is one of the most peaceful times. There's not a lot of cars on the road. Um, you can actually get in touch with nature because everything is waking up. So it's a really great time to get outside and just get that done. So if physical education is not something you want to do, okay, let's just start learning a little bit about you. I always ask people, 
How often do you take time to stop and say, okay, what do I need to work on on myself? Not work, not what do the children have to do, not how can I change my spouse. No. What can I work on for myself? What are things in my life that may, I think may have been hindering me? So making, I love lists. I tell people all the time, make lists. Lists are great. What are things that are hindering me in my life right now? What are things I may not necessarily like about my life right now? And I'm, I hope people are listening to the fact that we're looking at a lot of the negative because what we tend to do is we tend to run from our shadows. I like to call them demons. Other people have other ways of, of calling them shadows, demons, things about yourself feel very good. Those are the things that sometimes you actually have to focus on because those are the things that are calling, causing you the most ill, whether it be physical, mental, or, or spiritually. Paying attention to those, those parts of you, those shadow parts, those things that are not feel good, drawing those out, it's important. Now, again, I'm going to say sometimes those things are better to do with someone who can help you, therapist, social worker, um, but just to initialize it, it's just even writing those things down and then taking the next step to say, okay, I want to make changes in these things, but I can't do this alone. Who can I speak to? Making that appointment with your doctor to say, listen, can you connect me with somebody who can help me work through these things? There's, there's always help out there. You just have to want it. You have to want, find the where you are, then you're fine the way you are, even if you're not. But if there's something that you feel, if you're feeling that move to, like, I want, I want to do more. I don't like how I'm feeling. I don't like the relationships that are, I'm attracting. Um, I don't like whatever it might be. It starts with you. So start writing that stuff down and then start again instead of getting overwhelmed because when you look at that list, it might be like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, how have I existed in this world for so long? You've existed because you're made for it. That's why. You've been made to get through this. We've been made to outlast a lot of things. So if you can just really identify them, then you can start moving forward and picking those things off one by one. Yes, we we can get through this and we I like what you said in terms of really focusing in on yourself. Take a look at what's going on and do so even if if some of the things you don't like, do so gently. And you know, many people don't want to be outside and do and, and do exercise. Or and I I agree with you. I love doing my early morning. I call them my power walks. But yeah. I've said to a couple of my clients, okay, you're in the house. You one of my clients had had very severe allergies. Walk around your house. Keep moving, like you said earlier. It's so important, and we can do it. I mean, it's 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 essential to our overall well-being. So, yes, very important. So we are running out of time, Simone. Tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you and more. So, honestly, I am very easy to find. If you put in Simone Jennifer Smith in Google, I am everywhere. (laughs) You can find me on Facebook, and it's all under the same thing, Simone Jennifer Smith, Facebook, you can find me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is where I share a lot of my mental health and, and education, um, coaching, all of that goes on there. Um, also, Twitter, I'm there. I'm on Instagram. I'm on YouTube. Um, I'm also, you can find me at Toronto Caribbean Newspaper. If you put that in, the website will come up. I do a lot of writing, a lot of work on mental health, especially in my own personal blog on there. 
So just put in Simone Jennifer Smith. You cannot miss me. Believe me. This is why I say content is king. <laughs> I'm everywhere. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being everywhere and for your contribution to all of us and to helping people and businesses move forward, gain their momentum, and reach their milestones. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. My pleasure. Take care, Simone. Thank you. So think about what Simone said in terms of really being able to take a look at yourself, see what's going on, and if you're within a family, making sure that you're taking care of your needs, you have to take care of your needs as well as as taking care of the family needs. And, and also take a look at everything that she said, including your mental health, how you're feeling about yourself, what you're doing to counteract fear and counteract worry and how you are helping yourself move beyond those into feeling more of a sense of peace and more of a sense of ease with what you're doing in your life and in your family and and in your career. And it's so important, especially in these times, to know that you are important and that you can and have a vital contribution to make to many, many people, including yourself, and it starts with you. So if you want to get a hold of me, I'll give you the short version. Go to docwhite.org. And we call this show Power Your Life because I believe that each and every one of us has the ability has the power, and as Simone said earlier, even if it's just taking small steps, to take those small steps into what we choose to be, how we choose to empower ourselves and feel more vital in our lives and in our days and in whatever actions we're doing. So be be aware that each and every step, even those small steps, can move you forward in the direction that you choose. Have a beautiful day and know that you can do this, as Simone said, and not only that, you're worth it. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.